This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Turn with me to the book of Amos. And you say, where is Amos? Well, oh, Amos is, he's tucked between two little passages, Joel, and right after Joel is the prophet Obadiah. And so I just want to read one passage there in Amos, and then I'm going to go to Romans 10. But we'll begin in Amos chapter number 8. And I'm going to read this, and then I'll highlight where we're heading tonight on these foundations of faith. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God. They're surely coming. That I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water. But of hearing of the words of the Lord. Now Amos here speaks of a new kind of famine. And it's literally a lack of the word of God. Not of, not of bread, not of, of, of water, but literally the word of God. Now when I think about the words he used here, a famine. Just think of the devastation, the destruction, the pain that is associated with the famine, physically. But when he uses the word, uh, a type of famine that's coming, he's talking about this time a spiritual famine because of a lack of the word of God or a lack of a desire to hear the word of God. I will highlight this again tonight. You want an appetite for the word of God. Don't ever let that, that flame go out. Ask God to grace you with an appetite for the Word of God. Again, uh, the, the Word of God is God's blueprint. It's His plan for every one of us. And without the Word of God, we get in bad shape real quick as human beings. Just look at our society. When you thump God out of our, our schools, when you thump God out of our political arenas, and we wonder why we're in the boat we're in, this again happens when there's a lack of the Word of God that's going forward. So again, I've got to stay where I have an appetite and say, Father God, your word is eternal. The Lord says this. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The integrity of the word of God. And so, stay in the word. Stay with the word. I, I don't care what people are, are saying. And I, I believe when you look at Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, which I'm just going to paraphrase and say it for you. It's the, it's the passage that Jesus said there's two roads. There's a narrow road and a wide road. And he said the narrow road is difficult and only a few find it, but it's the road that leads to life. The wide road is a road that's filled with destruction. And he said many are on it. The, the more I look at this, the more I begin to see that narrow road is a road where it comes down to people that say, I'm going to live by the Word of God. I don't care how popular it is, unpopular it is, I'm going to live by the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. And so this was thousands of years ago that Amos prophesied this. Now go with me into the New Testament to, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and I'm, I'm going to tie that into our, our teachings on the foundations of faith tonight. And so two Two questions I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to let the Word of God answer both of them. 
The first one is, how do I get faith? How do I get faith? Now, the reason I'm going to highlight that is because in Hebrews 11:6 it says, without faith it's impossible to please him. So if I don't have faith, man, I'm, I'm never going to please God. I, everything I do in the New Testament is by faith. So how do I get faith? Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. So then faith comes by hearing. Now let me read it real quick and then I'm going to come down and break that back down. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the way faith comes is by hearing. Now, it says hearing to start with, so that tells me there will be ones that periodically, that the minute they hear it, faith will rise and they'll believe it. But that doesn't always happen. And so he says faith will come by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And many of us, if not all of us in this room, we've experienced this. How many of you have read passages of scriptures 5, 10, 15 times, and on that 16th time you read it and all of a sudden it's like the word of God exploded. It come to life in you and you look and say, God, I've read that a million times and I've never seen it that way. That's because I continue to hear and hear and hear and hear. Now, when you look at what he's talking about here in this verse here, I can't find out that there's any other way for me and you to get faith except by the Word of God. He didn't say this is option C or plan B. He said faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what I find out about that, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been born again or not. When you begin to hear the Word of God, God begins to move in your life. It's, it's like uh, the, the old TV show, Pie Pie the Sailor Man. When he would eat spinach, man, his old biceps would get huge. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I need to quit using this illustration. But man, he would pop that spinach in and his biceps would just... See, that's what the Word of God does on the inside of us. The Word of God has the ability to, to make me strong spiritually. To make me fit spiritually. And so again, the only way I'm going to get this thing called faith is through the Word of God. And you find out even in this area that there's some fruit trees, it takes years for them to produce. The same with the kingdom of God. Man, keep hearing the Word and keep hearing the Word of God and keep hearing the Word of God. And again, I want to highlight this. There's a difference between hearing a message and hearing the Word of God. Many times in our churches anymore, we want things to be entertaining. We want things to be funny. We want things to, to be uh, light, lightly taken or, or mannered. But I tell you, there's something that happens when the Word of God begins to take place. And so again, you see here immediately, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we answer the first foundational principle truth tonight. The second one is this. Can I increase my faith? Can I increase my faith? Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Let's see what the word of God says to us pertaining to this. Again, I like to say when it comes to faith, you, you feed your faith and it starves your doubts. 
And remember the, the old saying that the, the great man of God, Smith Wigglesworth, said, he said, we've trained ourselves to feed our physical body three hot meals a day. And we, fa- and, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're malnourished spiritually. Now, I can tell you, standing before you, I like to eat physically. I enjoy eating. There's certain foods I really, really enjoy. But the same way I feed this physical man, and I've got to take time to feed my spirit man. Get into the word, and God will get into you. And woo, get ready. It's adventures that Peter Pan never had. Never. Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostles said to the Lord Jesus, increase our faith. Now let me read that to you in the Amplified because I really liked what it said. It said that trust and confidence that, are, that springs from our belief in God. And so when they said, Lord, increase our faith, they were literally saying that trust and confidence that we have in you, Father God. Now, I don't know about you. I, I want to increase my, my trust and my confidence in God. And so when they say this, they said, Lord Jesus, increase our faith. He responds in verse 6, and he said, So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now, immediately his first initial statement He lets us know that the amount of faith is not important as the quality of faith. Why do you say that? Because if I had a mustard seed right here in the palm of my hand tonight, you would have to get really, really close to see it. It would look like just a little speckle in my hand. And so Jesus said, if you would just have mustard seed faith. He didn't say you had to have boulder seed faith. He said just mustard seed faith. And I believe one of the reasons that he tells us that is because within every mustard seed, there is incredible potential to bear fruit. So he's putting something within us immediately. So he said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, it's interesting to me, his wording right there. And so he says to him, he said, if you would say. He didn't say he would say it for He said, If you would speak to the mulberry tree and tell it to be uprooted by the roots, he said, it would obey you. So to a degree, I believe Jesus is telling this, to increase our faith, start speaking to the issues in your life. And so I ask myself this question. So in order to speak to the things that are happening in my life, What am I supposed to speak to him? Now, again, we're talking about faith. We're talking about increasing our faith here tonight. So what is faith? Faith is a byproduct of the word of God. The only way you're going to get faith is the word of God. So when I look at this, was he telling me, start speaking the word of God. Start saying the word of God out of your mouth. 
Start speaking the things that you desire. And, and I want to highlight the end of verse 6. He said, and then it would obey you. So the analogy of this that will help is last week, remember that Jesus and the disciples were on that storm and they're freaking out. They're thinking they're about ready to die. And they said to him, Lord, do you not care that we're going to perish? And what did Jesus get up and do? And he said, boys, get your life jackets on. You're all going to die tonight. That's not what he said. Jesus gets up and he says, peace, be still. Jesus spoke to the problem. And then, think about this in this sense. Not only did he speak to the problem, he spoke the desired result. Let me ask you that. Do you speak the desired result? See, how many of us in here, we speak sickness and disease. Do you really desire that? I don't desire that, so why do I speak that? Let me give you an illustration of what happens this time of year. You'll have people where you'll begin to see the flu will begin to take place. And people will come up and they'll say, you know what? I'm just telling you right now. It's the flu season. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to get it. I'll be the first one to get it. My whole family will get wiped out. I can tell you what's going to happen. We're all going to be coughing. We're going to be running a fever. It's going to be bad for about three or four days. And then when it happens, they're shocked. And I want to say, you're a prophet. You prophesy that. Why do I say that? Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of my tongue. And so it's interesting here that Jesus says immediately, you've got to start saying. You've got to start saying. You got say, say. I say the things that the word of God says. And so was Jesus telling us here, one of the ways I increase my faith is I start saying the same thing that God says. And so I find scriptures, and so I begin to say that I can be what God says I can be, I can have what God says I can have, and I can do what God says I can do. Thank you for those two amens. Verse 6, 7. And which of you having a servant... Plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he's come into the field, come in at once and sit down and eat. As I'm reading this, here's the thought. I'm the servant. I'm the servant of the Lord. And in this passage, he said, if they're out plowing or tending to the field, What's the ultimate goal of plowing or tending to a field? To finish the task. To complete the assignment. And he says, well, they come in and sit down. And watch what he says in verse 8. But he will not rather say to them, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drink and afterward you will eat and drink. Now, whether we, don't, whether we want to admit it, we're servants of the Most High. Our job here is to complete God's plan here on earth. And guess who he chooses to use? Me and you. And we have assignments. Verse number 9. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Does he do the things that I commanded him to do? Now watch verse 10. So likewise, you... When you have done all those things which are commanded you. So now we go back and remember the start in verse 5. They said, Lord, increase our faith. 
And he says something that's interesting. He says to him, he said, you got to start speaking out of your mouth. But he ends in this uh, uh, verse, in verse 10, and he says, you've got to do or complete all the things that I command you. So the ways I believe he's telling us right here in this passage that your faith and my faith will be increased is I got to speak the word and then I got to do the word. I got to obey the word. And that doesn't mean partially. That doesn't mean halfway. He said when he's done all that was commanded. And so something happens when I literally obey the word of God and say, okay, Father God. So again, you, you begin to see two things in this area tonight. How we get faith and how we increase faith. Now what I love about the word of God, it's no respect of persons. You start applying the word of God, and I'm telling you, you're going to see changes in your life. God's word cannot return void. Now, to help us with this ending right here, go with me to the book of James, chapter number 1. James, chapter 1, way back there in the back, right after the Hebrews. James 1. Verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Father God, grace me to get that out of my life. And receive with meekness. Receive with humility the implanted word. The implanted word. You got to get the word in your heart. Get it planted in your heart. Why does the implanted word need to get in my heart? Because look what he ends verse 21 with. And he says, which is able to save your souls. I highlight again the word of God. Without the word of God, I've got to get it in me. The implanted word of God. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so this goes right in line with with Luke 17, verse 10. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's one thing to hear the word of God. And it's another thing to do the word of God. I can hear the word of God over and over and over. But the only way the word of God will benefit us is when I do the word, which is doing what he's commanded me. And if I don't do the word, look at his last words there in verse 22. He said, you're deceived. You're deceived. The person thinks that all I got to do is hear the word of God. You're deceived. Verse 23. For if anyone, you may want to highlight that, anyone, that's every one of us in this room. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, but immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. This is what he's talking about, the analogy, if I only hear the word of God. And so while I'm hearing the word of God, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and that word of God is beginning to put a picture in me, and I begin to see myself in that light. But if I don't act on the word, I don't do the word, the minute I walk away, and if you notice what it said, it said immediately. Immediately, 
he forgets what kind of man he is in God's eyes through the lens of the word of God. Verse 24, verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Now this is a phrase for the word of God. You know what the perfect law of liberty is? The perfect law of freedom is? The word of God. The word of God. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Now get this. And he continues in it. He, can, he, st- he stays with it. He stays with it. Now, he, he's got an oil of, of perseverance. He says, Lord, I'm not going to let it. I'm going to continue in it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. So I begin to look at this, and I have to ask myself this question. How am I doing? Do I look at the perfect law of liberty? Do I continue in it? Because he said, this word of the Lord right here, this one will be blessed in what he does. God's perfect law of liberty. It's not about bondage. It's not about legalism. It's just the implanted word of God, which will change us on the inside. Let the word of God shape you and mold you. Let the Word of God, the inspired Holy Spirit-breathed Word of God change you. Now, to end this tonight, go all the way back into the, New, uh, the Old Testament to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1. So you begin to see a couple things tonight. One, faith is very important when it comes out of my mouth. Two, Faith is tied to obedience. If I'm not going to obey the word of God, it's just not going to happen for none of us in this room. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8. Actually start in verse 7. And the reason I want to start this is because he says this, I believe, at least four times in chapter 1. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now, it's interesting that he said be strong and courageous. To obey the word of God, to obey the commands that God has. And he says, do not turn from it, my commands, to the right or to the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. You may pro- wherever you go, whatever you do, that you may prosper. Now, when I read that verse right there, man, every one of us in this room would say, Lord, I want to prosper. I want to pro- I want that. I want the blessings. But again, I, I can't get away from what he said. That's why it, it takes godly strength and godly courage to say, Lord, I'm gonna serve you. I'm going to live for you. But he said the result of it was, you'll prosper. Stick with it. Verse number 9. Or verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You know what he's telling us? you got to speak the word. you got to speak. How long, pastor? For the rest of your life on this earth. Speak the word. 
Get in the habit of speaking the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Find to speak the word. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, the word meditate means to recite it. To begin to speak the word of God over and over and over and begin to think on it and begin to ponder on it. Where it's before you all the time. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So now we see all this coming together right here in this passage. That God's desire, his plan, his blueprint for every one of us is, is he said, speak the word. Day by day by day, speak. Meditate on the word. And then what did he say ultimately? You got to do the word. You got to obey the word. Now, you want to see this incredible blessing. If I will obey what the Bible tells me to do, to speak the word, to meditate on the word, and do the word, watch the end of this. I'm telling you, if you've, if you've got your Bible out, mark this up really good. For then, for then, after you've done these things, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And it always is interesting to me that the Lord said right there, because of what you do according to my word, you speak the word, you meditate the word, you recite the word, you obey the word, and the byproduct of doing all that way, he said, then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Wow. What a promise. What a promise from God. And so when I look at these things, uh, it's, it's very easy at times in life to get mad at God. How many of you got mad at God? Every one of us. Thank you. Get mad at God and start bellyaching. How many of you ever told God it's not fair? <laughs> it's not fair, God. It's not fair. And, and, and I, I wonder sometimes if God doesn't just look down and he looks at Jesus and says, when are they going to get it? When are they going to get it? He tells us what to do. And so i I got to get a hold of the word of God again. And again, and so I get a call today and they said, Pastor, this guy doesn't go to the church. But he, he's heard you speak somewhere. And I said, well, how do you know that? And they said, because what he just described. And I said, okay, what did he So they tell me, and I said, yeah, he's heard me somewhere. So I get on the phone, and he says, I'm so-and-so. And he may be here tonight. Are you here tonight, the guy who called me today? So he's not here. And he said, I, I heard you talk about that you had a problem with alcohol. And I said, yeah, it's true. And he said, can I talk to you for a while? And I said, well, how long's a while? And he said, eight minutes. That's exactly what I said. I got eight minutes. And I said, get your pen out, buddy. And he said, tell me what happened. And I said, okay. I begin to see the truth of the word of God. That, that God's word will work if I'll just follow it and obey it and do it. And so I told him, I said, Here, here's the, he was beating himself up. He'd, he'd gone seven days without getting drunk and then... He, he twisted off last night. And I, I chuckled like that, and I said, listen, dude, here it is. Proverbs 24, 16 says, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he'll get back up. 
The, the issue isn't at times if we're going to fall. The issue, are you going to get back up? Are you going to continue in the word of God? Don't throw the white flag and surrender. And so I said, just receive that right there. Repent to God and get back up. And I said, now, Colossians 1.13 says he's delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. That's a promise. That's past tense. That he has delivered. He's not going to go back to the cross. He's not going to go back to the grave. He's already done it. So I said, so let me ask you, what's the darkness of your life? And he said, I, I hate this alcohol. And I said, so the darkness of your life right now is alcohol. I said, so put that in there. Begin to speak that over your life. Say, Father God, I thank you today that, that because of what Jesus has done, he's delivered me out of the power of darkness. And he said, you prayed that and you stood on that right there? And I said, yeah, I did. And I said, I wish I could tell you it happened overnight for me, but it did. And I said, I was pretty entrenched in that stuff. But I said, I, I kept speaking the word. I kept speaking the word. I had three by five cards all over them. I kept speaking. Ooh, God has delivered me from the. I kept speaking and kept speaking it. And before long, guess what? Something started kicking in. And man, I could go a week or two without drinking. And man, it was victory. And I said, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And then if I would fall, and I did, I'd get back up. I'd repent. And I'd say, oh, Lord, no more, no more. He said, guys, the word of God set me free. But I had to continue. And he said, can I ask you one more question? I said, last question. He said, how long did it take? And I said, until I was completely free. And I said, I believe between three and a half and four years before I never did it again. And I said, I, I can stand before you today right now, 35 years later, and say, it's the goodness of God. God. God's word will work. That, that's what I'm saying. You begin to say that and you begin to do it and act on that. Begin to act on it. I was going to tell you one last thing that I said to him before I hung up. Oh, this was the last thing I said. And, and one last thought before I hang up on you. I said, break up with your friends. I said, you're running with people that you get in trouble with. And he goes, how'd you know that? I didn't. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.